Hey there, game idea wanters. I'm Isaac, and I'm absolutely laden with runestones. And I'm Calamity Claire. And this is Make, Make That, that game. game! Where we pitch the latest, the greatest, new video game ideas that aren't likely to become <laughs> video games. Unlikely, one could say. Yeah. So, uh, jumping right into it. Jumping right in. Isaac, I have a game idea for you. Yeah, I know. This to... is the second time in a... Yeah, I'm just capitalizing it. Isaac, I at least have to ask you if you have a game idea. <laughs> All right, I'll let you ask. Isaac, the question of the day is, do you have a game idea? Now, is this different from Claire asks a question, yeah. our other premiere No, this segment? is the question of the entire day, of all okay. of today. And all right. Any day that you're a listening listener. I'm going to front load this by saying that I have no idea what I could name this game, but I do know the vibe that I want the name mm, to have. Okay. And I want it to be a sort of spooky, sinister, yet intriguing mm. kind of title, like mm-hmm. one word. I just want it to be spooky and sinister. Okay. And, well, sound like maybe a location. Okay. All right. Or something. Um, Wispasphere. Wispasphere. All right. That's the that's the name of this game. All right. So the, the game is, it is a massive ruin. One could say it's built by the Tartarians, maybe. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Bringing it right back to the, the ancient civilization. Um, it's just on the brain. It's just on the brain. It's 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 real. It Tartarian. No, look it up. It's not real. It is not real. Do not. Well, you can look it up, but <laughs> look it up with the understanding that it's not real. Not real. Not real. Um. All right. So it is a massive labyrinth. It is um a series of many like legend of. Zelda style dungeon layouts. So each huh? each floor could be conceived of as like an entire like Legend of Zelda dungeon. And maybe the floors like intertwined sometimes like Legend of Zelda dungeons do. So you have like a bunch of like individual rooms connected to each other that uh you know, each room has either a number of enemies or a puzzle or both that you need to get through. And your goal is just to beat all the levels. There's no, like, overworld exploration, like, get from dungeon to dungeon. No, you are just starting at the top of the dungeon, going all the way down. There might be... There, there is room for one of my favorite tropes in these Dungeons kinds of games. Where, like, you can go to the surface and there's, like, a small town that you can, like, get supplies and stuff at. But the main combat mechanic for this game is not your traditional kind of... It's not like Diablo 2, where you're like clicking on things and using abilities and skills and killing oh, yes, everything Diablo on screen. Diablo 2. It's not like uh, Legend of Zelda games, where you know, you're know you swinging your swords and using your items. The primary method of interaction in this game is you have a psychic power, which is represented... It, it So, hmm... Trying to figure out how to... I have this, like, vivid idea in my head, but trying to, like, word out how it makes sense is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, okay. so you use your mouse or a stylus, depending on, like, what this game is, to draw lines on the screen. And when you close the lines, like, when you make a full shape, 
the things inside of those lines are assailed by your psychic power. Okay, and like take um, damage or die. So very similarly to Kirby, uh, drill power in Kirby in the Forgotten Land, except you're not yes physically doing it, but Kirby yes, dra- your draws a shape, the and then once you complete the shape, it like explodes. Yes, it does damage. So it's like to everything a similar. I know it's not exploding, and you're not like physically in the position. I guess right is the idea. Yeah, yes. Like kind of a similar mechanic, I guess. Yep. So the idea is that, um, like, let's say it's let's let's assume that it's a game that has a stylus. For some reason, I'm designing a um, N- Nintendo DS game. Or it could years be like an after iPad that has game. stopped being relevant. Yeah, it could be an iPad game. But the idea is that. You use the stylus or the mouse for basically everything except for movement. So, um, you know, there's no A to interact, like A to talk to someone. You would click on them with the stylus or your mouse button. So you would play one hand on the keyboard, W-A-S-D, one hand on the stylus or mouse or whatever. Um, so, yeah, the you would enter a room. The enemies would be in positions. Um, the The limit to your power is you have basically like an energy bar. And as you draw, your energy bar decreases. So you have a limited amount that you can draw. So like at the beginning of the game, you might be able to only envelop one enemy at a time in a circle. Mm-hmm. But as you explore these ruins, you your psychic power, your psychic potential becomes unlocked more. And you can uh, focus on this energy longer and draw bigger circles. So enemies' size might also play into this. So like small enemies, you can encircle very easily use very little power um or you can encircle multiple at the same time but if you come up against a very large enemy you might not be able to completely encircle them so you won't be able to hurt them so that's like one way of gating progression is if there's a room with a giant boss monster that's too big so that you can't draw a full shape completely around them then you have to back off go back into the dungeon explore another section of it in order to get the power up and then go back to the area. So it's also kind of like a Metroidvania-style thing. Um, so yeah, the gameplay loop is find power-ups, defeat monsters, delve down into the dungeon, eventually defeat the final boss. All right. And that's my game. All right. I like it. I, I think the mechanic of the drawing the circle is really fun. I can see getting really frustrated by that. Like, well, because, okay, but not in a bad way, but like, because obviously you want some challenge. So I just imagine like, okay, we're in like a really intense battle. And I just, I just miss that connection. Right. Like, it oh, doesn't, yeah. And you're, you're like, you're trying to draw no. fast. Or like, you just go like this much over your limit of like how big you can make it. And it's like, it just disappears. It's like, oh, no. yeah. You're about to close the shape and then you and run out like, and no. it's like a millimeter. <laughs> um, so those yep. are some things I imagine would happen while I play the game. And I would say, why is it like this? Ah. <laughs> just like that. Um, but yeah, cool. I think I think I personally would miss the outside world a little bit, having just a dungeon only game. But uh, I would play this game. I think it's a good game. Thank you. Whisper sphere. Whis- Whisper sphere. Oh, actually, the sphere actually makes sense. Like you're not mm-hmm. always drawing spheres, but since like the most common shape is probably going to be a circle because it's yeah. the easiest to draw, or like some kind of like round oblong right. shape um that's the sphere part so like the dungeon's name is wispasphere mm-hmm. so then you delve into wispasphere <laughs> yeah wow i'm glad that i could uh, name your game for you <laughs> yeah thank you i appreciate it <laughs> anytime yeah so uh how about you do you have games ideas so 
I have game ideas. They're not my game ideas, though. Not today. Stolen games ideas? <laughs> not stolen. They're listener game ideas. Willfully offered by listeners. You, yes. listener, can also submit your game ideas through email, comments. Yeah, it's through we'll email. We'll talk about it later. Comments. Well, I'll tell you now, in case you want to know, that you can email us makethatgamepodcast at gmail.com with game ideas if you want them read on the show. We love to hear them. So we're going to move on. We're going to read the game ideas. Okay. So listener Larry sent in two game ideas. So I will be reading those both. Okay. In the first game, you are a socialite. You have to be a socialite with a completely fabricated background. You're hired to sneak into parties and talk about words that you may or may not understand while avoiding people at the parties that could possibly identify the words you're talking about. And they will call you out as a charlatan. You go bankrupt and lose everything if you don't have enough fragments of truth on you to fake your way through being called out. You could call this game something like charlatans or hobo shaker. (laughs) Maybe not that one. Charlatans I like. Um, You're basically a homeless person until enough people are convinced that you're not actually a sewer rat and get paid to support the illusion of a superior lifestyle. All right. So. I did. I had the pleasure of talking to listener Larry in person, so I actually have some other context for this game. So you get fragments of truth by basically convincing people that you know what you're talking about. So fragments of truth are like an item or currency in the game? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And um, the idea is that like you'd be talking about real things, but that are obscure and very niche. Um, and I forget his example, but... I guess like it could... if you're a geologist, you'd be yeah. talking about sedimentary layers and stuff. Okay, right. And most or if people... you were an architect, you're talking about Tartarian there architecture. So, like, most people at the party wouldn't know, right, what you're right. talking about. So you're like, cho- you, you're like choosing words in a menu. You're trying to like bullshit, basically. I don't know. We can't swear. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you're trying to like just lie your way through it, but you're using kind of these real terms and buzzwords. But then the idea is like, as you socially climb, it's going to be more and more likely that you'll end up at a location where someone in that same field is. So like you can no longer make up stuff because they're there. And so you can use your fragments of truth, I think, to say the true thing, I guess. Oh, so like, so you spend fragments of truth to get out of situations where you would otherwise be caught. And it represents like actually gleaning knowledge yeah. instead of just completely I'm, making it up okay i'm pretty sure and listener Larry, let us know mechanic. if i'm if i'm wrong but it is yeah but that's what i was kind of guessing when, when he was talking about it with me so this is charlatans where you are trying to fake your way through high society um and i honestly really like this i think this is great it, it feels very anna delvey <laughs> if you will. yes it's very good thank thank you for that submission listener larry yeah. And, and now like, thank you for the second one, yeah. because I just remembered we've got two. We've got two. So the other game is a cross-country driving simulator in 1945, very specific, where you have to deal with the new progressive income tax and the lack of the international highway system. Okay. You can, you can call this game Oregano Joe, because there's a mode where random events interfere with your journey, like other cross-country game called Oregon Trail. Then he says, I feel like Oregano Joe might already be taken, though. <laughs> okay. So I assume... Okay. So, listener Larry, you should submit uh, what the gameplay is actually like, because yeah. I'm simultaneously imagining Desert Bus, where you are actually driving a Desert Bus 
like a bus through the desert in real time. So like if it's an eight hour journey, like you actually have to drive the bus for eight hours. But I'm also imagining that it is just Oregon Trail style where like your your vehicle moves across the map and then a random event occurs and you have to then resolve that via whatever mini game it is. So like, uh, oh, maybe traders or oh, maybe the person you're riding has to go to the bathroom. Um, I, I do think we're we're kind of lacking in society on Oregon Trail like games. That's true. I can Trail-like, only think can of say. Oregon Trail and Oregon Trail, which Oregon is a Trail? zombie. It's a zombie apocalypse version of Oregon. Oh my Trail. gosh! So I never crossing... heard of that. That's kind of funny. Yeah, but like there should be a hundred of these. Like that, there I think should be. it's a very popular game and. Well, popular for, like, our generation, right? Like, I don't think the modern youth, the Gen Zs and Alphas, are familiar with Oregon Trail. I don't know. If you're Gen Z, please uh, let us know. You can find us on TikTok at Make That Game Pod. (laughs) Don't send us an email. email. We know you won't. No. DM us on TikTok at Make That Game Pod. (laughs) (laughs) And let us know. What, what, if you know, because I feel like Oregon Trail became such a meme that people do still play it. That's true. I and, remember being very excited when I was in college and I got Oregon Trail to work on my PlayStation Portable. Wow. Through an emulator of uh, DOSBox. That's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. I I was proud. I never played the original Oregon Trail. I played the first one I ever had was Oregon Trail 5, which I think was the most, like the last installment. Wow, they made the Oregon Trail journey five different times? No. It was the fifth one, but it was on a CD, and it had like a lot more graphics, I guess. Okay, yeah. To a point. Um, graphics to a point. But yeah, and I remember begging my parents to get, even though it's just like an edutainment game that we played in school, I like begged them to get me a copy. So we, I do still have Oregon Trail 5 on CD, but you cannot run it. I tried. <laughs> So that was probably Windows 98, and just recently, um, there ha- I don't know if the breakthrough was recently, or people are just finding out about it recently, but uh, they have opened the world of Windows 98 emulations, so I think that you can play that CD. So I will be, next time I go to my parents' house, I will be bringing that CD back to us. And we'll we will be trying out. to play Oregon Trail 5. That would the be the most stream. sophisticated Oregon Trail game. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good stream. That would be easy All to right. set up too. Yeah. Yeah, because it'd just be PC gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Super easy. Cool. All right. Well, that's our game pitch sesh for y'all. We did it. Yep. Our next segment has many names. <laughs> It could uh, well, be one no, of there's multiple. Things. It's a there's multiple different segments that it could be. They're completely unique segments. Right. There's Isaac asks a question mm-hmm. or Claire asks a question. And then there's also Honk and Bonk. There's also Honk and Bonk. And so I don't I don't know how to transition to this because I don't know which one we're going with today. We talked about it. Okay. <laughs> we're very planned and organized podcasters. And that's why you listen, folks. That's why you listen. I have a game to Honk and Bonk. You have a game to honk and bonk. Yeah. It's been a while. Let's talk about that. Uh, Here, to give me some interaction in this sequence, I'll I'll do it. Which game are you going to honk and bonk? I'm going to honk and bonk. 
Breath of the Wild. Oh, not Link's Awakening? No, I've actually already honked upon Link's Awakening <laughs> in a later true. episode when we used to do these every single recording. Yep. That was too many games. <laughs> so what honks? Or actually, could you describe Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for those sure. who aren't aware of what it is? What kind Sounds of gameplay good. it has so we have a baseline to work from? I mean, I do think we've talked about it a lot, but I will. I will. For the listener. So uh, Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild is a game where you play as third person. Yes. Over the shoulder. Over the shoulder. I was like, is that right? Um, And it's open world. And um, you fight things. You have uh, weapons. And you climb towers. And uh, that's the gameplay, right? I mean, that's... (laughs) Yep. You can teleport. There's teleport points. There's, there's puzzles. There's lots of puzzles. You solve puzzles, often involving physics. Lots of physics. You have some An powers. unexpected amount of physics. You you can throw bombs. You can take pictures. That's a big puzzle solving element. There is. Yeah, you actually, people request pictures from you and you have to take pictures and give them to them for like rewards and stuff. It's yeah. good. I just uh, think it's funny that the picture, this is neither a honk nor bonk, it's just a fun fact. So, like, to do all the weird physics stuff, you have these runes that give you special powers. And I just think it's funny that taking pictures is one of those. All right. So, it's been a while, so let's refresh your memory. A honk is something that we liked about the design of the game. A bonk is something that we disliked about the design of the game. Sometimes we have a lot of honks. Sometimes we get a lot of bonks. Sometimes we get a mix of both. Sometimes we... uh. I guess we would never have neither because then why would we even bring it up? <laughs> just in say, segment? well, that but... was a game I played anyway. <laughs> Anyways, so Claire, what yeah. what honks have you got for Breath of the Wild? Great, and I'll be I'll be I'll be honest. I don't didn't write them down, even though I I I uh, yeah. We're gonna just go off the cuff here. But well organized um, podcasters. Wow. I do think this might be one of the best games I've ever played. Whoa. That's a honk. That's a big honk. It's so good, but I mean, let's break down why. Um, one honk I actually really like, and we talked about this last episode, but I really like uh, the, I never remember the fancy term for it, uh, durability. I like yes. that the weapons deteriorate. I think that's fun. I think it adds a lot uh, to the game. It makes me, again, I-, I said it last week, but it makes me kind of more... Like, not very precious about things. Like, I know they're all going to break anyway, so it's kind of helping me be a little more spontaneous in the game. Um, And it also encourages me to explore and attack little groups of of villains because you can often get weapons and supplies there. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, well, I need a new bow, so I have to go here to get a new bow. And, um, yeah, that's kind of fun. I think that's really... It's engaging. It feels... Not realistic, I guess, but yeah, it's like if I throw my weapon and I or I lose a weapon, then I'm like not mad about it because it's like, well, it would have broken in three swings anyway. Or um, Isaac taught me the trick where weapons once when they when they break, they do more damage. So you if you throw it right as it's gonna break, then it'll really whop an uh, I almost said employee. <laughs> okay, it'll really get those employees. It'll really get those um, oh, adversaries. I guess I don't know. Uh, so that's really, really cool, and I think adds a lot to the game. Um, I also really like that it is very... I like the way they are doing open world, So, which I don't know if this is unique to this game, but I think they do it really well where there's a lot of choices because open world has a lot of choices, um, but it's easy to, like, I guess, know your limits. 
So, for example, when you're first dropped into the world, you can't really leave the plateau, which is like the training area, theoretically. I mean, it's a location. You can go back and, and do it, but it's where you kind of learn how to play the game um, because it's very high up. It's a plateau, so you can't leave it without having a glider. Um, and, like, all of the things you learn is how to how to get the glider, although I think speedrunners have figured out how to leave it. Oh, no, they yeah. haven't. That, no, that's, that's the one thing they were like, we haven't figured out how to leave it without the glider, but they have oh. ways... I think, or were they doing the? Never mind. It's a good speed run, though. If you want to watch it, watch it. AGDQ <laughs> has all their speed runs on their YouTube channels. So yeah, you I don't remember the how they the did it, but it was really good. Um, anyway, so so even though it is open world, like you can't actually like go anywhere because you have to get the glider first. And then um, I was kind of wandering around an area that. Like, obviously, I had access to because I got there, but there was a ton of, like, really, really powerful enemies, um, and I just kept dying. So it's kind of like, clearly, I'm not, like, meant to be here, right? Like, I shouldn't push through this because it's probably going to be even harder things that I'm just, like, not ready for. Like, I don't have the armor for. I don't have the weapons for. And so the game itself is kind of, like, level setting for you. Well, at the same time, really allowing you to explore wherever you truly want. Like I got onto, I think I got onto a tower. They have these towers that you climb to get map map pieces, basically. Um, definitely not the way they expect it. Because <laughs> I, so I have this thing in video games I'm trying to unlearn where, because you'll have the map and you'll put like your pin and then you'll, I'll just try to go how, as the crow flies, which means I'm at, on, oh usually like climbing a bunch of stuff. I'm not supposed to be climbing. And I got to like a really, really high point on a mountain that was completely like off the beaten path. And I realized I could just glide right to the top of the tower. And again, I don't think that was like the intended. Wow. Hey, if it it. works, it works. There's a lot of, there's a lot of that in breath of the wild from my experience. Yeah. And that's another honk is that there's lots of different ways to solve something. (laughs) Like you can sneak by something, you can destroy it. You can like, choose to do a different activity that day you know like you (laughs) (laughs) not not engage with this specific thing at all and go away well yeah and so some of the teleport points are shrines and each shrine has a puzzle inside and but if the puzzle is really hard you still get the teleport point you don't have to complete the puzzle to earn the teleport point you just have to like activate it and then you can go back anytime you want to complete the puzzle so it's like and you get some rewards for completing that. So that's the motivation to do it. But at the same time, like if you're just not about that right now and you just needed a teleport point so you could keep doing your what you're doing, great. Live your life. That's what they say. Breath of the Wild, live for your die. Breath um, of the Wild, New Hampshire edition? Yeah. So, so I really like how they've kind of crafted the open world so that it's very choose your own adventure. There's tons of side quests you can do. All that good stuff is really, it's really fun. It's really fun and good. Um. I'm trying to think other ways that it's the best game. I actually have something that I can add if if I'm allowed to. Sure. So going back to the know your it's easy to know your limits, the enemies are color coded. So the game has mm, a yes. has a distinct visual design element to it. So you know like there's a group of three goblins, one's red, one's blue, one's black. You know that the black one is super strong. And the red one is the weakest one. So you can either focus on the strongest one and try to take them out first. Or you can clear out the weaker ones and then tackle the strongest one solo. So you can problem solve that way. Or you could just say, I'm not going to fight. Right. Yeah. Anything I don't have but the red goblins. Them. Yeah. <laughs> or you can, you can like switch out a weapon if you think like, oh, I'll use my stronger weapon because I know these enemies are 
worse. Yeah. And so I did want to say like to expand on that. Cause I agree. That's really awesome. It's um, it's across all enemies. So mm-hmm. in the beginning, you really only encounter one type, but once you start seeing more, like the color coding continues. So even if it's a different character design, a different like species or whatever. Yeah. And this proceeds into have. even the boss monsters. Like there's really there's creatures called Lynels and there's red oh, Lynels yeah. and there's blue Lynels. Oh, uh, so- I didn't know. Oh, geez. Oh, sorry. Was... Spoiler alert. <laughs> I just thought there was only, I thought they were just red. And now I'm like, there's worse ones. Those are so yeah. hard to fight. Oh, yeah. So that's, I guess, another honk. And some people might call this a bonk is uh, I like the food si- situation. And I know, Isaac, you talked a lot about how you think it's really unrealistic because you're literally like mid battle and you're like, let me eat a steak. Yeah. Which I get, but I don't know. I have a lot of fun. Basically, you get to collect like ingredients, and then the way that you restore hearts or get power ups is by creating your own recipe. So I, I think it's fun because you get to like pick what goes in there. Yep. And it's just really creative and fun, and it has a the the sounds that happen when you cook. Those slap. That is like a Peak plus sound, sound design. design is the best. <laughs> so uh, so that's really good. I do really like this. Is like. I guess it's a honk. I feel like it's just more fun. I like the horse mechanic. Actually, I will say it's a honk. It took a second to get used to, but basically when you ride a horse instead of, so normally you're like, you propel your character forward, right? Like you have to physically like move something to make them walk forward in the game. Uh, But when you're riding a horse, you press A to make the horse gallop and then the horse is just going to gallop. Like you don't have to propel the horse. But you do have to control the direction that the horse is going. Um, and But when you're still taming the horse, you have to, like, soothe it. Um, you can fight people on the horse. I feel like it's actually not too difficult to do. I've had fun with that. Isaac's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> nope. I've never played a horse combat I liked. I like this one. But you said you haven't combated on horses in this one yet. So you can't I probably haven't. It. I might so, have used ha, ha, ha. arrows from horseback. Mm, that's what I mostly do. But I think it's fun. And yeah, so I enjoy that. I think the only thing that the bonk with the horse uh, mechanic is basically you can access all your horses at stables. Um, But say you're like riding a horse and then you get to a point where the horse can't go. You kind of just have to abandon it like there's (laughs) that you can't tell it like go back to home or something like you just kind of leave it, do your thing. And then when you go to a stable, you can basically board it. so it's not like the horse gets lost. It's fine. It's just a video game horse, but it does feel kind of bad every time I'm like, okay, well, you just hang out here, I guess, and um, see you later. So is that all your honks? I think so. But I mean, overall, it's just it's just a great game. All right. Well, being the best game ever, does it have any bonks in your opinion? Are there any game design aspects of it that you do not enjoy? Yes, I do think there are some bonks. Here's a bonk. Um, So one of the bonks I have, and it's been kind of less of an issue as I keep playing the game and get better at it, but is because of the durability issue, and I did, again, talk about this a little bit last week when we are talking about durability in general, it does get to the point where sometimes I just don't have stuff, right? Like, I just, I'm out. Yeah. And when you're out, like, if I lost all my bows, I just don't have ranged weapons anymore. And so that can make make it, it really challenging. And there's no way to buy them. So far, and now again, I'm not through the game, but so far, all the stores I've 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 encountered, they all have very specific items. So like, there's some games where every single store is exactly the same, and you can buy the same stuff, kind of like a Pokestop, right? Yep. 
But then in some games, it's like each town has like a specialty. And I'm okay with that. But the issue comes when like I literally I have so many rupees right now, which is the money in the game. I have like over, over 2000. 2, yeah. <laughs> so I have like, six. I would, I would love to like use some of that to buy a bow. But that's just not a choice. That's not a choice. And so that's kind of annoying. It's like you do have to find everything out in the wild. And even if they make it expensive, I think it'd be nice to have the option to purchase things that you can't find, just especially kind of like an Animal Crossing. You can choose to build it or you can go to the store and buy it. And I think that would be nice. Um, And maybe they only sell like one type. Like I I could see them still limiting it, but just to help out when you get into a little bit of a sticky situation. I did think of a bonk myself. You did? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I know you like the cooking a whole lot, but I do think that the um, the design around how you cook is mm-hmm. annoying, kind of frustrating. It deters me from making like lots of dishes, and I generally only make dishes as I need because you have to navigate through this expansive inventory where you have like the ingredients inventory is the same as like your sell stuff inventory like your junk inventory basically and i think that's because like some of the stuff that is there for you to sell can also be used in elixirs and stuff so like goblins will drop horns bats will drop wings those you make for elixirs and then you have like topaz and diamonds which are to sell and then you have your eggs and your meat and your salt next to them and like navigating through all that, adding what you want to your hands. You can and sort it. Tossing it. But even then. Okay. Like, because I think rock salt isn't in the food section. It's in the mineral mm-hmm. section. Mm-hmm. So I think rock salt is like next to your flint and topaz. It can just be annoying to navigate and like, there's four different kinds of frogs of different colors and one of them like increases your stamina one of them is for electricity resistance etc and they're like okay well i want the stamina frog uh if you haven't memorized the colors anyways all i'm saying is the fact that you have to fill your hands with all these items Mm -hmm. toss them into the pot watch or skip a shortcut scene and then get your item, and then you have to reopen the menu. You have to fill your hands with items, and then toss into the pot, and then watch the cutscene. It's like, okay, I'm going to spend 25 minutes to make three items. Like That does not, no. I made, like, 10 items in, like, 15 minutes. I really don't mind this mechanic at all. I think it's fun. I feel creative when I do it. It does not bother me at all. So this it's... is a divergence of opinion. Um I will say I wish you could make multiples of something at the same time. But what happens if you add? So say like if it's like, okay, a a chicken wing and rock salt, like whatever, easy peasy. But if I added two chicken wings and two rock salt, it would just be double the recovery. It wouldn't be two dishes. So I wish there was some menu option of like make two versus like make extra. I don't know. But other than that, I'm totally fine with the cooking mechanics. I think it's fun. and I don't think it's that hard. <laughs> I would be completely fine with it if you had the option when you finished cooking and it showed you you made this. If the options were like A, continue, plus go to your inventory, like Y, make again. Like Animal Crossing. Does do you, does it have the option to just make the same thing again? No, that would be really good, but it does have yeah. like you want to keep crafting and then it goes back to your recipes versus like just exiting out. That, that so 
that would be a good first step, but like the, the way to solve it in both games is to just have a button to repeat recipe if you still have the same yeah. ingredients. Yeah, no, and then be I nice. would be fine with that. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to roast 12 mushroom chestnut skewers. Boom. Yeah, that would be nice. But I still like it. I still like it. I think it's fun. And also, for once in our gaming, I think I read more than you because I don't mind that I don't memorize the colors because it says <laughs> it describes what they do right in the description on the last sentence. But of I'm the description. trying to go through quick. But it's just like the last like couple words of the description will always say it's it's uh like that's true. And the, the 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 name will also make it clear. But anyways, do you have any anyway. more bonks that you've thought um, of? Well, so I okay. I'll say one one more bonk, and then that's it. This is barely a bonk. This is more like I misplayed, well, not misplayed. I don't know. Basically, one of the quests, like the big quests, is to find memories because when you wake up as Link, you have no memories. Um, and the guy who helps you find them travels around to different horse stables, and just what happened to me it just happened to be I found two stables where he didn't go to so i'm just wandering around aimlessly because really the memories are pretty impossible to find if you don't have a little bit of guidance like you kind of need to know the general area where they are Mm -hmm. um because they're just photos of things but it's like photos of like a tree and you're like well there's a hundred trees probably more than that in this game so that's not very helpful (laughs) so i'm just gonna tell a little anecdote i found one memory spot because i saw that there was two mountain peaks in the photo and then I saw on the map that there was like two mountain peaks roughly like mm-hmm. lined up with each other in that way. And then I just tried to find the spot on the Great Plateau where it lined up. Yeah. I mean, and you I was can like, oh, do here that. it is. <laughs> like, you can do that. But I think that's really hard. I don't know. Maybe my yes. brain doesn't work. That oh, way, but... th- that's the only situation where like that worked. Other like I could see it if you're walking, if you've closely analyzed the um, the photographs and you have like a good memory. And then you find a new area and you're like, oh, these trees look yeah. similar. I haven't seen these trees anywhere else. I'll look around. The chances Here's of me being able to remember a photo like that is basically zero. zero. I can't yeah. visualize things in my brain. And I just wouldn't be able to memorize it. I just wouldn't like, I'd be like, oh, well, it's kind of like that, but also like not quite like that. And I'd just be looking all the time. No. Mm-mm. But anyway, I, I think, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's so good. I was playing it right before we recorded. So <laughs> um, I will say that I really like honking and bonking together. I think it's fun because it gives us a little bit of like back and forth. We could be like, I don't agree with that. I agree with that. You know, like that's fun. A little bit of a conversation and some Maybe of a we monologue. Should, yeah, we should start trying to honk and bonk games we've both played. I think that would be fun. Okay. Listeners, let us know if you like that idea. We'd love to hear it. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I think unless Isaac, do you have any questions to ask or games to honk and bonk? I do not. I am ready to transition into the final bit, the final segment. Segment, if you will. The rapid fire round. Everybody's favorite. So in the rapid fire round, okay. In the rapid fire round, we're going to generate three random words. We will have five minutes to come up with a game idea based on those three words. We have to use every single word and we do have to come up with a game name within the time frame that was a rhyme. Isaac, are you ready for our first three words? I'm starting in three, two, one. These are good. Ice, bear, separation. Okay, so... So good. There is a current. You are on the water. You are a polar bear. There are chunks of ice uh, that have broken apart that are moving down the river. And as they move apart, you have to like jump off of them. 
uh, to navigate to the end of the level. So okay. it's kind of like I was a movement thinking, puzzle. I was going a little different. I was going to say you're a bear made of ice, like a cool ice bear. You live in the ice caps and you're, you've lost your child. And so you have to, you've been separated. And so you have to find your ice bear baby. Okay. Or you could play as the ice bear baby and you have to find ice bear mom, which could be way cuter. Now, could the gameplay still be about jumping from iceberg sure. to iceberg? Okay, sure. boom. Now we've incorporated both ideas. We're getting there we go. We're good at this. <laughs> that was so fast. Um, um, so you're an ice bear baby and you have to jump from iceberg to iceberg to try to find your mom. Yep. And then so the icebergs now, do you think that they'll have preset movement patterns based on the level? where you're supposed to figure it out or do you think that there's that they will just kind of like float around depending on like how you jump on them and like I always, current will be involved so i always favor predictability in games i think you do too mr non yeah generator. most of the time so, so like in I one think... level the icebergs might all be coming like from the yeah. top of the screen but at different timings so you have to figure out like oh they line up when they hit this point and so I like this is when i can cross much Frogger like in... style Yes, I think much like in Breath of the Wild, you can affect the um, you like so if I jump on one or like maybe I could like create a barrier to like collect that you know like kind of like affect the world. But every time you mm -hmm. restart that puzzle, it's going to do the same thing. So that okay. gives you and the reason I like that repeatability is because it really gives the player a chance to learn and practice. So if it's really yep. hard at first, you can improve. Whereas and this is why I don't really like roguelike games. Uh, I feel like you cannot practice and learn the puzzles. You just kind of have to like, you're starting from fresh every time, which I think is frustrating. Yeah. Just, I always have to get a little, a little dig at roguelikes. Wow. Every time. Offensive. Okay. So uh, what's the name of our ice bear, iceberg game, iceberg? That's it. Iceberg. Iceberg. All right. Done with two minutes and 14 seconds left on the clock. Iceberg. The game where you are an ice bear crossing icebergs in the Arctic. All right. I'm ready for a rapid fire round two. All right. You're timing? Uh, I'm ready to go. Do you, do you have words? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. R one, two, three, go. Agent. Perforate. <laughs> coup. Oh, so, no. Okay. So let me say, so it's C-O-U-P. So it could be so many different things. It could be a coup, like a government coup. It could be a that, coop, like a chicken coop. It could be. No, that's C-O-O-P. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, it's just a coup? That's the a only thing it could a be? A coup is a coup d'etat. Like... That's the only thing it could be? Okay, well, what about a coup, like, um, like the cup, like the fancy champagne cup? Is that how it's spelled? I don't know, but like we've got agent, we've got perforation, and we've got coup. We've got a game where you are an assassin. Uh, coup has an E at the end, the cup one, so it can't okay. be about champagne. Sorry. So like you are just an agent who assassinates. Um, so we're gonna. It's March 11th, but we're going March 15th here, Ides of March. Okay. You okay. are an assassin in Roman times, perforating senators. I don't know to... if I love using perforate for like a stab. I don't know if I love that for us. Yeah, but it it fits. It fits. So yeah, Ides <laughs> okay. of March, you're stabbing Caesars, and <laughs> see it multiple. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh huh. And yeah, that's 
there we go. I, I think technically it's Kaisar, but but anyways. Okay. All right. Well, anyways. Is it? It can't you, you, be. We are on great. a time limit. You so it's a stealth based, um, like action game. You have to infiltrate past the senator's guards, and uh, get a time where they're alone enough where you can either take down what guard element they have and then get to them, or get to them alone and then you stab them. And uh, yeah, it's basically an Assassin's Creed game or a Hitman game. But specifically set in Roman times, which I think Assassin's Creed already did that. But moving on, um, the game is called, um, what's the synonym for Creed? I don't know what that means. Okay. Uh, What's the synonym for Assassin? Is a Creed like a declaration or an agreement? So like Creed is is like a set of beliefs, I think. So okay. this game is called Agent's Set of Beliefs. Let's keep working on that. Uh, okay, I, that 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 joke. I was not educated enough to make that joke work, and it went on wa- far too long. I'm so sorry, listeners. This is apparently not a po- comedy podcast. All right, let's anymore. go. So let, we could go with Roman Latin. Okay. What's Assassin's Creed in Latin? Creedus Assassinatus. That would be the Warhammer version of it because Warhammer version is bad Latin. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. They've got all kinds of bad Latin. Intentionally bad Latin. Did you, did you punch assassi- it in? It's Assassin's Credo. <laughs> that's too close. That's too close. You can't <laughs> go with that one. Um, oh, wait. No, wait. That was That's French. I don't know why it didn't translate it to Latin. Okay, hold on. Okay. Although I'm Credo does not sound French, but okay. It's Sicari oh. Sicari Fideli. F- Is there two eyes on the end? Yeah. So it's Sicarii Fideli, I think. Sicarii Fidei. It's F I D E I. Okay. Um, Sicarii Fidei, I think is uh, my Latin is rusty, but that's that's fun to say. And I think we should do that. Yeah. Sicarii Fidei or Fidei. Here, I can make Google say it to me. Oh yeah. Will it play on the podcast? Sicarii Fidei. Sicarii Fidei? Okay. Sicarii Fidei. Sicarii Fidei. (laughs) Something like that. There we go. Um, there we so go. 40 seconds left. Sakari Fadi, the assassins. Oh, wait. It changed it. I spelled it wrong and it changed it. Now it says it's Sakara's Symbolum. I I like the. Sakari Fadi. Yeah, rhyme. the other one. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah. the misspelled one. Great. Yep. What did you? What exactly did you misspell? Um, assassin. Oh, that's interesting because I know Sakara. So uh, maybe I won't get into this, but my historical uh, knowledge brain set. So the Sicarii were like Jewish people during the Roman times uh, that rose up against their oppressors and they would do like assassins. They were basically like a military order, like rebellion within the Roman empire. But um, it just keeps changing it every time. That's because Latin is a very complicated bird. Uh, Are you ready for the third rapid fire round? And we will try to avoid Latin in this one. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm going to go in three, two, one, go. It's loading. It's loading. And here we go. Global disappointment. 
Secretion. <laughs> I don't like that secretion is a word, but I no. do like global disappointment because that <laughs> is me. I feel like, yeah, I was going to say, that's a great insult. Like, if you need to pull that out someday just to be like, huh, you're such a global disappointment. It feels like something that uh, the narrator or, like, one of your skills in Disco Elysium would call you. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Or they would call that, they would call communism that. So actually, let's go the Disco Elysium route. This game is about the secretion of communism. Okay. Um, I was going to go more um, locked tomb and have like different planets. Uh, you have to like, like basically like excise things from different planets. Okay. Collect resources from planets as. Okay. Ooh. All right. I'm kind of liking this. You're like. Instead of like an individual person or something, like you're some mm-hmm. kind of like cosmic force that can just move Ooh, through okay. the cosmos. I like that. So like I like the vision of like being able to navigate the universe without a spaceship or anything and like just come across planets and just like get something from them. Um disappointment maybe is about the narrative, like you are like a godling or something, like and you've disappointed the bigger god above you, yeah. your your godfather, if you will. <laughs> And so you 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 just you have to gain back their respect by oh my God. doing this planetary secretion. So I think I think I like that. So the motivation is that you feel like a global disappointment. <laughs> but, yes. But I think that like it's got to be a twist at the end where you realize that like no matter what you do, the Godfather like just won't be impressed, and you have to like live your own life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You secrete planets for your own benefit rather than your godfather's. Yeah, or whatever. Something like that. That's the story arc I see here. Yeah, but so, okay, so the actual gameplay is you're flying through space, like high speeds, like blasting around. You're looking for specific kinds of planets, and maybe you have some kind of, like, sense that manifests as, like, a, a radar. Let's let's say, let's use a random game like Breath of the Wild for an example, mm-hmm. where they'll, uh, there will be just like a, a random beep, beep. example. Yeah. <laughs> just a random game that we haven't mentioned <laughs> at all. It's not on our mind. Um, so it does like a bleep, 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 bleep as you get close to the planets that have this thing that you want. And then um, there's some kind of mini game or puzzle for each planet to actually get the secretion from. Oh, okay. I like that. Yep. Um, and then you're, let, let's just say that the goal is you need a certain number of whatever this, this thing that you're gathering from the planets, <clears throat> and then you, you, you win the game when you get that many. So let, let's say that you just need to bring back 99. Well, so I don't then, think, so I think 99, and then you bring them to the Godfather, and then the Godfather's like, this is still poultry in your disappointment. It's like, but I did everything you said. And then you fight him. And then you fight, yes. Okay. And then here's the thing, though. There's more than 99, like, planets in this right. large universe so that you can choose which puzzles you want to solve. Like, like we that. talked about, like, we're bringing the honks and bonks into this. It was a honk that you could, like, go to different areas depending on, like, what you like to do or what you saw as hard. So once you defeat him, then the world completely opens up and then you just go collect the rest of the planets uh, for fun. Yeah. And there could be like other like side quests and rewards and things like that. Yeah. Um, cool. So we need a name. Yeah. 
I mean, global disappointment is really good, but I, is that... can we just go with global disappointment? Yes, of course, okay. we can. With of 50 course seconds, we can. with 50 seconds left on the clock, global disappointment, cosmic planetary interplanetary travel game. Uh, I, I, I'm adding to it after we stop the timer, but I'm imagining pretty easygoing vibes, like very cozy game kind of vibes oh, okay. where you're just, yep. I'm going to float to this next location. I'm going to do a pretty chill puzzle. Like I don't imagine that there's a lot of like cosmic combat where you're like throwing like galaxy sized fireballs at other cosmic entities or anything. I will say that, but maybe and- some areas have that. I will say that I think, um, we have to obviously we're not making this game for real but if we were i don't want it to fall into like a chicory situation where everything is a fun puzzle until you get to a boss and then you're not trained at all for how to fight oh that's fair so, so that, okay either so you i would fight say things like... or the boss is a puzzle but either way we just have to make sure there's a consistency <laughs> so that you don't get because that was the biggest chicory bonk was that like and uh, listener Megana fully agreed that, yeah, like everything was a puzzle, but then each level had like this boss fight that made no sense and like was really difficult because you don't ever practice combat. Okay, that that makes sense. Yeah. So, hey, full of game design tips and tricks here. That's, that's, that's what a you're going to get. That's what you're going to get from this <laughs> podcast. Um, but that being said, this podcast is over for today. No <laughs> more tips and tricks. No more tips and tricks right now. But you can find us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Make That Game Pod. I actually just posted a TikTok this morning and I'm really proud of it. So you should check it out. It's mm-hmm. Link's, nope, it's Breath of the Wild themed. Link's um, Awakening of the Wild. Links there though. Anyway, you can also email us, make that game podcast at gmail.com. If you have game ideas or games we should try or anything else you want to send us, we love it. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at the at symbol, make that game. And then you can also find us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash make that game. That's where you can find us. And if you heard a game today that you said, I just need to play that, I need that to exist right now, we encourage you to get out there and make. Hey. That game. <laughs>